Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Welcome to Podcart and welcome to another ridiculously awesome guest who... Um, we'll see. We'll see, <laughs> yeah. Um, James from Twilight Sad. Afternoon. That is afternoon, isn't it? It is, mm. yeah. I think the little shits are about to finish school soon. Uh, shall we hear them going past and well, stuff? Well, hopefully like not, but we'll no. see. You'll hear that little <laughs> shit talk. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much for doing this. That's all right. I just realised they'll literally stay six minutes or drive away from me. Then, that's, so. like, that's a, I don't know if that is a good thing for you. It, it's, it's, I don't usually leave the house anyway, so you can see me. I'm just feel like if somebody pe- me peering out the curtains every so often. <laughs> Um, I've asked you to pick uh, six tracks that um, mean a lot to you and have soundtracked your life almost, I guess. Um, And uh, I was listening to them, I put them on a playlist and I was listening to them yesterday and I realised that you can definitely hear the way that they've inspired you. um, And... Or we'll um, rip them off. Well, <laughs> I, I, mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't say that. No, <laughs> you definitely not rip... But Elizabeth Fraser, the vocal, there's different things that I um, picked up on which I never thought about before, which is going to be interesting mm-hmm. when we're talking about them. Cool. Um, so, how are you, first of all? I'm good. Um, uh, what happened? What have been up to? I've just back, obviously... got back from festival at the weekend. How so was that? It was good. It was rainy, so it was, I oh, mean, no. it rained until we played our set and we were in a tent, and it was just like we were kind of hoping the rain was going to stay on so people would all come in. But yeah. yeah, it was good, and I got to um, walk about and stuff. And it's it's a long way. I didn't realise how far away it was actually, but um, got to go on a ferry. Hi, it was good. It was good. Yeah, uh-huh. and I'll we'll talk about the other massive tour that you did mm-hmm. later. Um, mm-hmm. But is it are things quiet for now? Um, I'd say they're quiet, but like um, in the background, we're working away. Kind of yeah. I'm always working on when we're back on off tour. Sorry, Andy and I are like always working on stuff. Yeah, now it's just like um, when I suppose it's just like we want to make the best of the downtime we've got, and ultimately at, at this point, um, really want to write as much as possible because I feel like there's loads of stuff to to keep to still see within what we're yeah. doing so and I've got some other things that I'm working on and got a job as well so yeah yeah <laughs> so that's what that I was going to well. ask you if whether you get to do this full-time but obviously you're still working um I suppose it's that's a question that I can kind of answer with some of one of the tracks that I'm going to pick right. as well so but yeah. that, I can go deeper into that yeah when when we start when we talk about a certain band yeah that have, have, Helped. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, you have picked the Manic Street Preachers as um, well, one of your tracks. Yeah. That's the first one I've got. So, Design for Life. So, when did the Manics first come into your life? They were the first ones that did come in, to be yeah. honest. I, I think I've said a few times, but the Manics were like, I was in, do you remember William Lowe, the supermarket? Yeah. And um, I was going around <laughs> the supermarket with my mum. And I think I'd seen Top of the Pops the week before and like Design for Life was, was the song that was played on that and I was just like, wow, that's amazing.
I hadn't even met like anybody in the band at that point and my sister was really into kind of Britpop and stuff like that and um, so I'd hear stuff coming through her walls and stuff like that and just been listening going oh what's that yeah. but um, the Manics were never one of them um, and then I saw them on TV and I slipped the the Everything Must Go album underneath like I don't know like the Rice Krispies or something so my mum wouldn't see it and then we got to the checkout and it was too late by that point so she had to buy it for me uh, and then I got home and then it was just pretty much obsessed with that record because it was it was the first record that I'd ever really listened to from start to finish and it was my record it wasn't something I got from my sister and uh, just listened to it on my CD Sony Walkman type thing Um, and then my sister for my Christmas that year or my birthday I can't remember uh, got me tickets to go and see them at the SCCC and that was the first gig I'd ever been to as well so they were the my first introduction of going, oh man, it would be amazing to to do this. This would be amazing to, to do that. Never thought I would ever ever like come close to being in a band or like I don't know, I being in a band or performing. So it's quite um, strange that it's turned out that way. Um, but I also remember I was speaking to Grant from Frame Rabbit last like not that long ago. I speak to him all the time, but. He was saying he that was his first gig as well, and he was at that one. And then there's a few other people I've talked to. They were like, "Oh yeah, I was at that as no well." No way. So, um, so how old were you when you got that album? So I would have been. Uh, well, it's, my maths is great. I would have been twelve. 
Wow. Uh, I remember like going uh, going with my sister and it was just it was phenomenal. Even though the SECC is not my favourite round in no. the world. <laughs> it was still for a first experience <laughs> of just walking around and seeing everything for the first time and how a gig works. It was amazing. And then when was it? It was before the last record came out. We got to support them in Edinburgh and Glasgow at the Barras. That must have been absolutely surreal. Ah, it was just like I remember Andy and I were just standing at the side of the stage, jaw dropped. Like yeah. we both loved them as well. It was just like this is very surreal and meeting James, James watched us at both of our sets and our sound check and stuff, and they were lovely. I don't think Nicky wasn't feeling well, so he was just coming to the gig and then leaving, but he wrote some nice stuff about us on the internet uh, after the, the tour had finished. But I was up the back of the Barrowlands with my sister watching the Manic, so it was like pretty, it was just guy, like designed for life was on. Yeah, pretty much. It was, and it was before the last record came out, so it was quite. Uh, there was a lot of riding on that, but I, I was kind of felt like if it if, if it doesn't get better than this, then it's a nice it's a nice wee thing to happen for us. We've always been very lucky that the bands that we've liked have been nice. What show? Yeah, no, <laughs> some from more, your some more of these from and, your playlist. So, yeah. for you've probably been asked this a dozen times, but for people that might not know you guys, mm-hmm. um, how so you and Andy was uh, it you two that first? Got yeah, together. Yeah, Andy. Um, I went to high school um, with Andy, and um, basically, I, I come from a small village called Banton, yeah. which is beside Colsaith. And like, I was the only boy in my class. That's how small it was. So I turned up to high school and had no friends. And it was well, no friends. The, the girls I had four girls in my class. So, but and we all got split up into different cl- t- uh, classes and stuff. So it was just like going and having just. Uh, that was pretty terrifying, but then Andy uh, coming up and speak to me on the second or third day, I always pull him up about that, going, oh, thanks for leaving me hanging for a couple of days. Um, it's probably what the first album was about. <laughs> no, <kidding on>. uh, <laughs> um, but then, yeah, we just, he, he's basically the reason for me, um, even liking a lot of these bands, the bands that I'm like, that are, are being influenced by the music that we're influenced by, because he was handing me CDs in class and stuff. Um, so if it wasn't for me meeting Andy, then I would I would wouldn't be doing anything like what, what yeah. I'm doing. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know what I would be doing, but the I he's, he's he's been my best friend for for aye, since I went to high school. So That's crazy. It's uh, I've got him to thank for all this. Yeah. Um, aye, it's 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 and we've still stayed best friends since. Aye, so. That's strange in the music industry. <laughs> it is because it, yeah. There's like so many. It seems to prove to be quite um, detrimental for yeah. a lot of people because you've got that. I guess that that line between love and hate. Yeah, totally. But the thing is, like, we've never really fallen out. We've had, we disagreed about like no, nothing more than just songs, really. Yeah. And I think. Um, we know each other's limits and what I don't know from growing up with with each other and I've I've, I've I, I, I I really respect him and think he's a bit of a genius so yeah like I I've got him to thank for for a lot of great things happening in my life so I think I just kind of keep on keep that in mind even when we're getting on each other's nerves if you know what I mean. before when things started to get quite serious with the band um, and you started. There must have been a point that you thought, okay, this is something that I could 
potentially do mm-hmm. all the time. Did you did you speak to each other and and kind of make any kind of promises or, or ground rules to each other about the future, or has it always just been whatever happens happens? It's it's kind of been like a a, a mixture of both. I think I think that we've always like from when we started writing the songs, we've always really wanted to to be like the bands that we kind of idolised. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and not. And not just have like a, a flash in the pan kind of album or, or single. It was like everything's been based around kind of longevity and like making records that actually matter. And to to us to begin to begin with, and trying to trying to do stuff that like push ourselves as well. Um, so there was like from when the first record came out, it was it wasn't like oh let's just try this and see how it goes. It was in my head anyway. It was. I always thought it'd be amazing to get to five albums. Now we're at four, <laughs> so it's like um, I still feel like I've got the same mentality as that guy that was starting out at that point and want to keep on progressing and keep on getting to the well, trying to get to the next level. Yeah. And and trying to make things more exciting and put on different types of gigs and. I just not just be a band if mm-hmm. you know if that makes sense like actually say something within what we're, what we're trying to do and even though we don't actually come out and tell anybody what our music's about there's a, an aesthetic there I yeah. think and it's it's about having having everything come together and um I think that yeah we we talk about stuff a lot like mm-hmm. every day actually we're probably messaging each other about gigs or songs or um just everything to do with being a band, yeah, and that, and we're still really excited about that, which is that's rare, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. I, like when I talk to other people, like um, just other people that've been in bat or like been in bands, it, it all seems like it's yeah. I feel like we've got a different kind of mentality. In a yeah, way. it's not a chore. Yeah, for you. yeah, it's, it's it's everything. If yeah, you know I mean, like without this, then I'm like, woof, well, well, I there was a point where we were nearly not been able to do it and it wasn't because we didn't want to and that was that was that was that was heartbreaking to be honest. I, that that was a, like a really low time and I I think our, our friendship and belief in what we did kinda of got us through that. Yeah, so. which is amazing. Um so the next band which I think mean a lot to both of us, um maybe maybe different ways, yeah. but um so how so Mogwai what track I guess or was it an album I think it is this track yeah so so I'm not going to pretend I was like there from the start because like I I think I was still pretty uh, when I hopefully they don't listen to this and they'll be like when I was still young (laughs) and they they know that they're ancient (laughs) that um, that like I think it was MTV2 and it was like 120 minutes came on and this video for Hunted by a Freak came on
like I was like that's ama- that video is amazing and that song's amazing and then I think I remember going into like Fop and if it was Avalanche which is now Love Music yeah. and seeing this like shiny cover for, for happy songs and being like oh that's, that's cool but never really kind of going oh, I'll, 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 I'll check that out but then from watching that on TV and then putting two together I was like oh, I'm definitely going to pick that up next time again and then it was just like instant I was just like Phew. I think and I think it must have been around must have been around when I was like 18 or 17 yeah and I'll be able to know if I again you remember what year it came out but I remember it was definitely like getting into Mogwai and like that was around the time of starting to write the first record like in them influencing like weirdly as a guy that writes lyrics like after listening to them so many ideas coming into my head and like that still happens to this day when I listen to them so it was like I was like I was always really worried that like when their first record came out as well going oh, I really hope that they don't hate us <laughs> I really hope that they, they even just think we're a wee bit alright like because would, that would that would crush me because <laughs> yeah. uh, you know how opinionated they can be yeah. uh, and I was just like when when met Stuart and then uh, we met the rest of the guys and and then they took us on tour and they've 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 been so good to us yeah like, like they've so been quite good. instrumental into oh, in, particularly with you yeah um, like that as I was we were talking about like am I able to do this full time yeah. it's like hand to mouth <laughs> like, yeah. like it's where it would be I would really not that we make any more money at all like it just that's been a big struggle over the years as well like that's that's been the the thing where it's that's the constant thing that's always over your head when you're doing this stuff and nobody's like oh we're obviously not doing it for the money because we would have finished a long time ago <laughs> if we were but um there was a point in my life as well that um it was really it was really really tough um signing on and I just I, I couldn't afford to to do anything really like really couldn't and then uh, Craig from Rock Action who like is the manager of Mogwai's label um, asked the guys if it would be alright if I could come in and help out part time when I was off tour and that's saved like that's made me be able to do what I can do and it's just like mind blowing that that, that band have done that for me and I'll be forever grateful for them yeah. as well. But they've also done more than that as well for the band. Like the other songs that I'm going to uh, uh, talk about as well is they've introduced us to other people. Yeah. <laughs> and they've they've like when they took us on tour, they made they made a, like they made sure it was comfortable for us, and they did everything that they could to uh, to promote the band and, and and not just make us a support band. If you know what I mean. Like usually, with sometimes on support tours, you can kind of shunned it to the side and all that kind of stuff I did some of the best some of the best times that we've been in this band or the two tours we've done two, three tours three tours I think well like include UK and the Europe tour together maybe not anymore whoops I include that together but those were some of those nights which I can't speak about yeah <laughs> well um, but they I think I've unfortunately I've heard people say you know there's a bit of a clique in that community that mm-hmm. there's like um, you know with Arab Strap and Mogwai and you know even 
hubby and stuff and you just it's I think it's more like you say they take a real vested interest in who they like and and who they care about yeah. and they want to do stuff for them totally um so it's I, I think if you're on the outside looking and it might come across like that but it really isn't no I, 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 I get that as well like I do understand that um, but like for me it's just yeah they, they, they don't I think they don't they don't put up with any shit yeah and like there's a lot we all as we both know there's a lot of shit <laughs> and with, with people in bands and other things to do with music and yeah I think once once you've been burned a few times with stuff like that, then you're a little bit more careful about the people that you you let in. If you know what I mean, it's been great to be kind of on. I suppose in, on the inside for me, looking at the, working with the label. I mean, I, I I basically I just help out. Like yeah. I'm not make. I'm I just I'm there. Like if they need anything and just kind of like I I'm not making any big. Yes, this is happening. <laughs> this is like I'm. I'm just really happy to be there to to help out in any way that I can with them. I for me they've like I still I went to see them in Edinburgh recently do the atomic yeah. thing and it, it it was just it was just mind blowing really to be honest. It was maybe that's the wrong term to use. No, I think <laughs> that they think they are and they're a consistent kind of inspiration and I think that they've taken DIY but taken it to a way and made it successful for yeah. them. Which oh, is amazing, and their their most successful records are the the new ones yeah. as well. And it's just like they've got complete control of what they're doing. Yeah. And it's just it's it's like watching them. Like when I'm going to watch them, it's just inspiring as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's just I'm pretty much in awe of them quite a lot, like most of the time. And then I'll then we'll go meet them for a pint, and they'll, they'll just take a piss at me, which is brilliant. <laughs> Some of this, so the they once Barry and Stuart phoned me from a. Uh, like they were DJing in France, I think, and I was I was just around my friend's house having a pint, and they were like, "Hey, James," because they call me McMorrissey. <laughs> so I was like, "All oh, right, okay." Why do they call you that? Just because oh, like, <laughs> they, they think like, I don't know, they sing like Morrissey in a Scottish <laughs> accent. <laughs> so oh, yeah, cool, cool. Uh, so they phoned me like we um, Mike the the drummer from the Smiths was DJing with them, and he was just like. Oh, he wants to speak to you. He's got a, a proposition for you, like, and I was just like, I was like, what? all right, like, I'm, I don't know, a wee bit steam. I was like, this is random, and he was like, came on, you're like, all right, James, how are you doing? I don't know if that's a good. That is quite uh, good. And he's like, yeah. uh, um, I'll go back into one accent. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, um, we're getting back together for Coachella, but Morris, he's not wanting to do it, so we want you to do it. <laughs> and I was just like, I knew it was a joke, but at the same time, I was like, I'm not going to tell. <laughs> one of the Smiths to bolt <laughs> on the phone just like ah, yeah, if you want <laughs> yeah. and then the next thing Stuart coming on the Stuart coming on the phone just laughing his head off at me going ah you're funny <laughs> just like oh god but I had stuff like that but that's they've got a great sense of humour as well yeah. just,
real friendship with with all these most of these artists that you've you're playing mm-hmm. so how did you first come into contact with with, with these guys um well growing up in banton it's like 20 minutes from falkirk um so and obviously i'm from falkirk and i went to college in falkirk as well so i know falkirk very well so um knowing that there was a band from falkirk as well and then it was Andy that handed me the CD mm-hmm. again, like just going, you need to listen to this, you'll 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 love it. And again, he was right. Uh, and they were like the like as I say, Mogwai were like like heavily influenced me with with lyrics. Arab stuff were just as in, like instrumental um, and instrumental, huh? funny, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and like. I don't know. Like I only first wrote the first songs on the first record were the ones first ones ever had written. Um, I'd never known what to write about, um, and then certain things happened in my life, and then I listened to Arab Strap and the way that they they told the like Aiden told sto- stories through the the songs just made so much sense to me, like about being honest and and it just that struck something in my it just it, I really connected with it, and then. From after listening to them, I it just everything just kind of poured out. I suppose if yeah. you know what I mean. Um, and I'm glad I didn't write anything up to that point either because I didn't have any. I only feel that it's important to write something if you've got something to write about. And that's once that stops, then I'll stop for a while until there is something that I need to feel like I have to get off my chest. Um, and I, they they helped open the floodgates I suppose on yeah. that and then like again like I'd, I love both of their solo work as well like I remember hearing Into the Woods by Malcolm for the first time and just just been blown away by it and mm-hmm. like a brighter beat and it's just I love all, all Malcolm's solo stuff I think he's he's like also his lyrics as well are, yeah. are phenomenal like just the Steak McCoy's line and that and 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 the woods is just like yeah. I, I'm just like 
I could never think of that. that that's phenomenal. Yeah. And I tried them after that, and they were great. <laughs> See, for anybody that doesn't know what Steak McCoys are a, a, a brand of, whether well, a crisp. That, a crisp, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I knew it was so right. <laughs> um, but then, uh, yeah, get, I, we, got, we got to know them as well, and, and recently I got to work with Aidan uh, on, like, his film where you're meant to be like I, I, he asked me to sing backing vocals mm-hmm. and come on the tour um, and get steaming with him basically um, it was aye it was phenomenal and that have you seen the film? I've not seen the film oh, yet it's, it's it's like it's I suppose it's quite hard to for me like like I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm in the background singing the background vocals mm-hmm. I'm quite happy about that yeah <laughs> um so I can kind of I think I could look for look at it from a kind of non-objective view and the fact that I got to go and see everything as well and those stories, but then seeing it all put together, it's just it's it's, it's, it's I think it's brilliant. It's Even really the brilliant. snippets I've seen look quite overwhelming emotionally. Oh, it's, so it's both it's, it's, it's hilarious at some points. Yeah. Like because he's he is hilarious, but he's he's also one of the most intelligent like. He's one of the best songwriters of all time, in my in my opinion as well. And just his way with words is just uh, phenomenal. He's got a real gift of playing with your emotions. Uh, like he can take you from being really high to low within yeah, seconds. It's, it's just it's, it's definitely a, it's a gift that he's got, and it's yeah. just to be able to witness that firsthand on that and see other people like kind of like react to it and be on stage with him. I, I actually there was two or three times on stage where I just. I cracked up and I couldn't sing because I was just laughing at him too much. <laughs> like just his his part's phenomenal. But um, we go, I got we, like we we go to the cinema all the time now, and we go get steaming at the Alley Arms, and it's just he's I call him a, a really good friend now, and it's. Uh, but then uh, yeah, and then they've announced that they're they're, they're coming back and playing the Barras and stuff, and I'm on tour, <laughs> so I, I miss it. Oh so, my god, that's a gutter. Yeah, and I missed the farewell gig as well that they had because I was on tour. Um, but I can't. I'm not. I'm definitely not complaining about being on tour um, this this time. So there was a turning point. Obviously, you talked about there was a really low point that you thought you were going to stop the band and everything. Mm. And when you announced the tour with this next band, The Cure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone, again, was genuinely... There seems to be this sense of... Um, that your fans really root for you and they really um, are genuinely pleased. And me speaking as one, mm-hmm. um, when you, you get to do... When you got to do this this tour. Um, and when Robert covered um, one of your tracks, mm-hmm. it was everyone just... My, my whole circle were just in complete awe.
did you did you get a phone call or what happened? Um, well, Andy's a wido to begin <laughs> with, uh, so he was the guy that, uh, and we taught Robert what a wido means recently. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, Andy then. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, we knew we wanted to do something special. We knew Robert was a fan because we'd emailed him. If, well, Stuart passed on. But basically, Stuart. Uh, on the second record, emailed Robert saying, um, "I think there's a band you'll like. Um, they're fans of you. Just, I'll send you the record." And then Robert got back saying, "I've, I've got them already. I'm already a fan." And I think then Stuart forwarded us that email, and then, then I got ran around to my house, just going, "Yes!" <laughs> um, and then we knew we wanted to do something special for there was we we talked about working on something together at an earlier point, and that that didn't quite work out. And then. We thought, well, how about when we see if somebody wants to cover our, one of our songs for this new Split 7-inch? And part of us was oh, a bit big-headed, thinking somebody would want to do that. So um, we just wait for the, the nose to come through <laughs> the, the inbox. But um, And like he, he asked Robert, and um, I remember we were coming back from Mono. Uh, Andy and I had just done an in-store to yeah. promote this picture disc of I can give you all that you don't want and Andy wasn't feeling that well actually so we were just driving back to because uh, to Andy was up from London and I, was, I still stayed out there and um, he, he was in the back of the car and he just, he just he just went I think he just in that nonchalant way Andy does stuff he's just like amazing <laughs> just like what's amazing man and he was just like and then he showed me the email Robert said I'd love to do one. I'd love to cover a song. Um, we asked him to cover it. Um, I think it was a never. It never was the same because that was the single. Yeah. Um, and he was like, "You can I can I cover? There's a girl in the corner." And basically, we were both like, "You can do whatever the fuck, fuck you want." want. Yeah. Uh, and also that that when you think about it now, that does make a lot more sense that he, he did do that song. Um, so like there was the 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 yeah I'll do that. And so then, what was your reaction at that point when he told you about that email? I just don't kind of. I, I, I don't know really. It yeah. was quite dumbfounded. Just to, like we're we're pretty like until something is there, we because so many things have nearly happened. That's for us. it, isn't it? They've, like they've nearly happened. This yeah. has nearly happened, and that it's like that's happened more than the the stuff that has happened. So we were like, okay, yeah, like not don't get too excited about mm-hmm. this. Just. Because, like, you know, like, there's things that happen and it might not happen and just, like, just try and keep a lid on it. Mm-hmm. But still inside I was just going, <laughs> 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 uh, like, but, and then we were in San Francisco and we'd finished the gig and Andy came through and he said, I've got it. Like, and I, were like, I was like, go what? And he was like, I've got it. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so we packed up our stuff and we all sat in the van and we listened to it like three or four times. Um, well, that's, I'm being modest, we just listened to it about nine or ten times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just, just loved it to begin with, loved it. And then just the, like, the sinking in of, that's, that's one of our heroes singing our song. That's, Holy shit. And just wanting to tell everybody as yeah. well. Like, um, and just that was the hardest thing to keep quiet. I'm not good at I'm good at keeping my mouth shut, to be honest. And that was so hard yeah. to not say anything or like, um, I it was just 
that was that was a big moment. That was, and I didn't, I didn't think anything could get better than that. And, and I still still don't <laughs> like I've got it. I've got it. I've got the seven inch framed in my living room, and it, like I kind of see it every day, and, and it's a reminder of. It's just a, a, a nice reminder of working hard, and nobody can ever take that away from totally. us. You know, like that's the somebody who I consider to be one of the greatest songwriters of all time, and I mean, I mean, the world does. You know, uh-huh. and and that's it's like a big ringing endorsement, and it's like it's, but it's just it's just it's just a really nice thing, and the fact that he did it for us was he didn't need to do it for us. And, and, and all the proceeds will go to charity, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's just like I mean, and that's incredible. Yeah. And so, at what point was it a turning point, and you thinking, right, okay, I, I think we can still keep going as a band? Well, I think the re- re- reaction to the last record, um, I think we'd sold out the bars by that point, or yeah. we'd been maybe not. We'd we'd, an- we'd announced it, and the tickets. No, we hadn't talking utter shit um, <laughs> we knew we were going to do the bars and that's after it was just playing ABC in the, that December and everything there, there seemed to be a real like positivity around the new record and it was people were really really into it and um, like more people were coming to the gigs and so it was all like a at that point there was like a a, a really good feeling amongst us all and Although, like, we still weren't getting the things that like, bands, new bands get, like, you're, that, that can help to get to the next level. But we've never been about that. Um, yes, that would be nice to have and be nice to get a wee bit of recognition with that kind of stuff. But there's something really great about where we are at the moment that we've never had, ha- like, a quarter of the things that bands need to get to the level yeah. that we're even at at the moment. Yeah. Um, and the, the reason we've got there is that... It, touring and working and believing what we do and the people who the, the people who we look up to given us the seal of approval I mean I wouldn't cheat like if you offered me all the stuff that a lot of bands on major labels like as in their debuts on a major label and they get everything before mm-hmm. the record's even out like yeah. they get everything handed to them um, I wouldn't I, I would and if you we could go back in time and say you can have this for your first record I'd say no in the way I don't want it I want it the way that we've we've got it because we've had to work to get to this point and I appreciate it so much more but that's why I think when I'm saying about people having this they're really rooting for you and that and that I think that's instrumental to it is because you guys have worked so fucking hard mm-hmm. that you totally deserve it um, and, and so the the cure, the cure tour. Mm-hmm. Um, how? When did that come in? Um, it was just an, another. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't that far off the single coming out. I think Robert just emailed us. Uh, emailed Andy and just said, "Would you like to go on tour?" And it was just like, <laughs> like another <laughs> one of those moments of like, "Would you like to do the US tour?" And we're like, yeah, "Of course, we'll do anything to do it." You know. Um, and he said, "Right, go. Cool, I'll go and sort it." And then he, he sorted it, and then then he then he then the venues came through, and that was just. So the, one of the ones that kind of stood out on when you were talking about it on online was the Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. and that seemed to be like a really. I was that was a, they were good those ones. They were strange because they were outside. Yeah. And the front is 
like people cannot be eating their dinner and stuff with that in front of you. That's pretty. Sh- Andy's thought his aunt was on fire. He's a vegetarian, so he doesn't really get the smell of well cooked meat now and again. <laughs> so somebody ordered a well cooked steak right in front of him. He thought his aunt was on fire, and then he was like. No, no, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's ordered the filet mignon. Uh, that was weird. But I, th- I think the, the there was so many gigs on that tour, like, that were just, I mean, all the gigs were brand new kind of stuff to us. We're not used to playing those size of venues. Um, I don't think we'll ever be used to it. I mean, I think once you do one or two, you can you know what you're in for, mm-hmm. but I don't think getting used to it's another thing. Um, but I think the Madison Square Garden one, was just the three of those gigs. That sounds mental coming out of my mouth. Uh, the three gigs there, I think I got told in the, the venue wrote online that we got a standing ovation every night and we were like the support band, you know? Uh, and that's like, I don't I don't see many. And, and were many of your family and friends at these shows? Oh, yeah, shows? like, um, so, like, well, my mum, my dad, my sister managed to come out. God. Um, um, my my girlfriend, sorry, fiance, should get that right. <laughs> uh, she, she she came out for like the New York gigs, um, and our other friends and uh, the Frank and Rabbit guys got to see us and Ellie, yeah, uh, Doc um, from Churches got yeah. to see us in, in uh, New York and uh, Ian Ian Cook from Churches and Campbell, uh, the manager who used to be in Instagram, yeah, because we we've got that connection connection as well because we toured with each other they all came they came to see us and then there was a lot of people from over the years of touring America that we became friends with that we were able to get into the gigs and there was something really special about that being mm-hmm. able to give them the opportunity to see the cure and even just say look well this is mental it's look we, we, we're playing it's just a nice thing to have those nights with people that had invested in us for a, a long time if you know what I mean and and to to have to, to be able to experience that with them so yeah a lot of people yeah we got we managed we were lucky that a lot of people came out and it was definitely the best uh, without a doubt the best two months of, of my life uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think but uh, the, your nerves before going doing these shows I mean how did you compose yourself um, that's a good question the fact that Robert had invited us and, and thought that wanted to give us the, the the opportunity to play in front of these people mm-hmm. it was to go and prove to him that he made the right decision right. if you know what I mean okay. um, which is nervous and to be honest that, that was the most nervous after a while like that that about trying to please it didn't matter about the the thousands of people in the the audience it was the it was to impress to impress them and, and to show them that we were we were the, the the opportunity we were given, we were taking with both hands, if you know. Mm-hmm. What I mean. Um, um, and the Rob Robert would ask for our set list mo- uh, every night, so we'd print it out and give it to him. So if he could, if there was a song we hadn't played yet that he wanted to hear, he would come out and see, and he would um, we'd stand and watch us, and we'd see him after the gig, and he would say some lovely words that are ones that I'm going to keep to myself like just because yeah. they're like no yeah like, so some things are better kept to yourself like I'll always kind of keep with me and uh, the same way Andy like the, some of the stuff that he said to us was just that gave us confidence as we were going on as well the fact that we were told we were doing a good job and like the, the and the fact that people were reacting to us as well like uh, we've been on tours and people like have 
if not really got what we did. And... But it's a perfect pairing between yeah. the two of you, which is why I, sp- I guess you can definitely hear the, the influences um, coming yeah. through. Progressing in time now, um, so Cocteau Twins, uh-huh. um, and as I said at the, f- the start of the podcast, I'd never kind of really um, kind of 
understood well no I never even put the Cocteau twins as a comparison with you guys mm. um, but I definitely the vocals are something that I really kind of feel that I've almost I get an influence oh yeah they're 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 just to me they're like otherworldly yeah <laughs> like and the, it's the melodies more than anything like to um, I think that I've been listening to the Cocteau Twins like pretty, pretty much non-stop the Cure and the Cocteau Twins for the past two years yeah have been like that's been a staple for me it's like um, and it's not been it's been a different album like it changed like the song that we've, I've, I've picked today um, if you had asked me last week, it would have been a different song, you know. Um, I think they, they grew up; they, they're from ten minutes down the road from us as well, really? which is which is quite uh, strange, strange mouth, strange place. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's you've got the there must be something in the water type thing. But uh, I I just I, I I just adore everything about that band. Uh, that just I I. The, the vocals are just, aye. It's something that I could never aspire to do because, I mean, well, one, she's a different gender to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just the style's different, but at the same time, I think there's things that I've definitely... Yeah. I have been influenced by that, like, and even song structures, and, like, I think Andy's Andy's been heavily in, like, listening to them as well, so... I the next record will be a Cocteau Twins rip-off record. <laughs> and do you think that, because obviously your tracks, um, that you seem to be the kind of the next generation of these bands in Scotland. Um, you know, I was talking to you earlier about a documentary on BBC Four and it was mm-hmm. talking about indie and things like that, but um, it's, it's like you are that next staple in terms of, of Scottish bands and not that that's any pressure or anything that's terrifying that's absolutely terrifying it's like things have went downhill now if we're the (laughs) but do you do you worry about um, what's going to happen going forward with um, I I guess music in general in Scotland and beyond I worry about everything every single day (laughs) (laughs) so this is just another thing to add to my sorry add to my my worry list, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a worrier. Um, I, as far as the music industry goes, we've never felt like we've really been that big of a part of it. No, <laughs> uh, so, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, which, like, we've never been welcomed with open arms for it. Um, and we're very lucky that people that like our band um, buy our music. Um, um, and, yeah, I, understand, I do believe that, I mean, I know that's the... the it's, record sales are going down and down and down. Um, the only the only worry I have about being in the band and, and making records is, is is to be able to make the next record. Yeah. And if we can constantly keep doing that, then fair enough. Our money means absolutely nothing to me. Like I, I need it to keep clothes, keep my skinny jeans on, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like to be able to eat and have like trying to have some sort of standard of living. Yeah. But like I don't aim. To have, like, I, I, if you, could, if I could get by doing this for the rest of my life and just get get by, then that's that's all what I want. So record sales and stuff. We've never sold any record amount of records, so it's, uh, I don't. I'm not, we're not losing anything yet. Um, but it is worrying for other uh, uh, the whole. I mean, who was I talking to the other day? That like 
record sales are going down and they're obviously they're, yeah. they're going to keep going down um, so bands just need to find other avenues to be able to keep the record now what, um, somebody said to me they think that the records is just a, a facilitator for, for going on tour yeah. um, for merchandise and all that kind of stuff records are really important to me like, yeah. they're a documentation of my like well, as far as my lyrics go of, of my life I, I it depresses me that people aren't, aren't buying records as much. Mm-hmm. We were just talking, we still buy records, and it's something we like spend. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it's, but it's something something that we love doing and something that can give so much back to you. Like, Noel Gallagher said recently, it was like, people will go and spend £3 on a coffee, but uh, they won't so spend true. even, like, you can spend, buy an album for, like, 5 to £6 now, yeah. like, digitally. They won't spend that for something that could ultimately change their life. Yeah. And that was a great analogy. I, th- I was like, "That's that. That's sad. It's yeah. just really, really sad." Like something as instantaneous as that, but you can keep that for the rest of your, your life. That's yours, and yeah. can, you can meet. F- like basically, what music's done for me is like I've met friends. I've I've been able to travel. I've been able to write music myself. Like and which has helped me get over like different things. Like things that I wouldn't be able to talk about in everyday life and like get me through certain stages of my life and if, if spending six pounds on a record by somebody else that can introduce me to those, to another side of that I would I'd give you I would take all my money totally. you know like it's um, but as I, I say people, we, are, we are we are a very lucky band that people like we've spoke about before at the gig and like at the Barrowlands and the messages that we get every day from people like there, there is a I feel there is a connection there that they they see that that by buying the concert ticket or buying the record or even even sending a message to us if you know what I mean that's it's it's helping us keep doing this and that's that's the goal for me I mean I think I think that's that's but there's no snobbery with you you don't yeah. you there's a lot of bands that I feel sometimes think they're too cool to do this and they've got to act a certain way whereas you really dedicate the time to your fans and no matter who the fuck they are I mean mm. you guys have got a really core um, yeah. group of fans you're amazing yeah like Blue for example um, Hussaina oh she's amazing I saw her at the weekend yeah. So, yeah so her for example who a lot of people will know from she invests so much traveling yeah. around and me and my other half who's in a band as well and she follows their band mm-hmm. as well and it's it's phenomenal yeah. um and that's what we used to be like as well um, and i think it's bringing back that kind of real nostalgia yeah i, I, I think and that's i think it's giving people something to, this sounds quite corny but it's giving somebody it's giving other people something to believe in that it's actually real instead of like a, a, a faceless band where there's there's a machine behind them yeah. you know like our music's very serious and as I said earlier we don't take ourselves too seriously no. I mean I don't take myself there was one of our Chris who works as, as a manager in America was just going like on stage you, you're, a, you're a maniac like I, and he's like I don't get that well I, I get it but like off stage you're a you're the biggest geek I've ever met in my life it's <laughs> <laughs> just like alright cool I'll, and he's like but that's a compliment he was like totally. he's, he's like he's like there's people that will go and do what you just did and then come off stage and think that they 
they they own the, the, the uh, like walking about like Richard Ashcroft in the bittersweet symphony video, whereas I, I hate that. I really, yeah. I, I actually hate. I I, I don't. Um, those people are born, you know. The people that do that, I find them so born and so one-dimensional. It's mm-hmm. just like, but I would. I, it doesn't make me want to invest. And in, I think those days are maybe gone. Of those people, like people. Just be a nice person. Yeah. yeah. All the people that are like we've played on that pay- playlist. What, what I've also discovered is, I've well, I've not met the cocktail twins, but the um, and I won't meet them like gig, obviously. Um, but uh, all the people I've met there. Lovely people. Now this is probably the cheeriest song on your list. Um, well, no, Design for Life's quite. Oh, um, yeah, cool, yeah, but, uh, but Beach Boys. I, I forgot about this. Oh, yeah. So um, God only knows. I saw this recently at Primavera, and it was um, it was very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, so why this one? Um, the, also, when we're writing and like Andy and I are talking um, about vocal melodies and things like that and song structures. Um, the Beach Boys come up quite a lot. You wouldn't maybe think that within our music, to be honest. Um, and there's the, this this song is 
it's also without getting too soppy it's um, when if you're on tour when I'm on tour and it's maybe been a bit of a shit day um, it kind of reminds me of home a little bit oh, that's good. even though home is not the Californian sunshine <laughs> <laughs> the beach boys it's a shite <laughs> Scottish tree uh, but like it just reminds me of people from back home and I think it's a nice it's nice to um, it's, it's a nice it's a moment of clarity I suppose yeah uh, um, and I, yeah, I genuinely do love the Beach Boys, and like we actually have been influenced by them quite a bit. Um, because if you, melodically, it's it's I mean, it's genius, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and the, the songs are pretty sad as well. They can be they're pretty, aye, they're, they, they, they they might sound quite happy, but they're pretty miserable. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's melancholy behind them. But um, yeah, so it's definitely one of those songs for me anyway that. Um, it's a homesick song, if you know what I mean. Or if I'm if I'm missing home a wee bit, I'll I'll kind of put on the Beach Boys and pretty much this song as well. Um, so it just shows that I'm a bit of a soppy get as well. <laughs> <laughs> but genuine congratulations on everything this year, sure. and um, I hope it continues to be very very successful. Yes.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.